a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, welcome everybody. Episode number 191 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, July the 8th, 2023, and my name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank everybody who tuned in last Saturday. We had an Ask Me Anything episode, covered a bunch of topics. You can check that out on the YouTube channel. Let everybody know tomorrow night, 9.30 Eastern, is the PWCC Weekly Hockey Auction coverage live watch party with Josh Madigan of the Hockey Cards Gong Show. And Monday is MC Monday's live number three, covering the MC, the consigned with MC auctions on eBay that end that are valued at about $1,000 or more. That'll be this Monday at 9.30 Eastern as well. Also want to ask you to please join over 400,000 people who have already downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android for quick comps and card management features. Their app is the fastest and most accurate at card shows or at home to help you price your cards, build, organize, and share your collection with your friends and find other collectors to follow using the new social sharing features. They've announced some exciting new partnerships. So check out their Instagram account and join me in supporting the great team and the innovation they are undertaking at the Center Stage app. Also, use protection and practice safe swaps. Veriswap is an app and middleman service that lets you Securely trade cards through the mail. Every transaction up to a million dollars in value is fully insured by their guarantee. To use Veriswap, simply upload your inventory, make trade, partial trade, or full cash offers, and negotiate with the thousands of traders already on the platform. Check that up, them out on iOS and Android. And as part of a special offer, your first trade on Veriswap is $1. There's a referral link in the video description below. Check out their Master Swapper competition just launched with the belt being awarded at the National during the Wolfpack Trade Night event. Also want to shout out Leighton Sheldon, Vintage Spotlight, taking a rest from that tonight, but he should be back with us next Saturday. Also check out HobbyNewsDaily.com for your daily dose of hobby news and entertaining content. It's a collaboration of various content creators and original writers. Check out HobbyNewsDaily.com. And then I want to mention Tag Grading. The Discord server is now live so join other tag collectors who are chatting, buying, selling, and grading and trading, tag slab, sharing pitch, talking shop, connecting with other hobbyists who like transparent and reproducible grading. If Discord isn't your thing, you can also join the tag community on Facebook. It's another place to stay informed of all things tag grading. If you go to taggrading.com and the community tab, you can join either. You'll also find out first about tag grading drops and even surprise flash drops. Today's drop Drop number eight sold out in 20 minutes. As always, thank you to all of our loyal viewers and listeners. If you're not yet subscribed, please take a moment and do so. But let's get on with the show tonight. Tonight's guest started in the hobby, getting a sports illustrated for kids in the mail that had the tear sheet, and he's still chasing those grail cards. His favorite teams are the New York Yankees and Knicks, but his wife is turning him into a Lakers and Dodgers fan. His favorite athlete is Michael Jordan. He's originally from Long Island, New York, currently hailing from Los Angeles, California. Let's bring him out. Eric Shemtov, welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing well. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. And and yeah, excited to chat. Well, you know, I had uh, the CEO of Whatnot, uh, Grant Lafontaine, was on with me. And 
I didn't confirm, but it has to be at least two years ago that he came on. And a lot has happened in the last two years. We'll get into that and some of the evolution of whatnot. But first, I always want to get to know you, the guest. Uh, you obviously are with whatnot, but let's get to know you a little bit and your hobby history. So tell us a little bit about uh, that hobby history of yours. Yeah, of course. Um, you you stole my thunder a little bit, uh, but I'm originally from New York. Uh, I live in LA now. Uh, and so that makes me, you know, a conflicted sports fan. Uh, as a kid of the 90s, uh, I was also a Bulls fan, naturally, as many of us were. Um, and, you know, that kicked off my my fandom, my obsession with uh, Jordan. That's what got me into uh, memorabilia and later sneakers. Um, I collected kids, collected cards, uh, just like any other kid. Um, and, you know, I took a pause for a while uh, and I, I really dove into my passion, which was sneakers. Um, I had been doing that, I think now, like over 20 years. Um, and this was a very different time, uh, very similar to the hobby. People were like, why are you why are you collecting sneakers? Like, this is quite a weird thing. Um, and now, you know, sneakers are everywhere. There are marketplaces around them. They're all over social media. Um, and so I think in very similar ways, uh, the hobbies are similar. Um, and, you know, that's also what brought me back to cards. Um, and uh, you you mentioned the tear sheet. Uh, I remember as a kid getting Sports Illustrated for kids in the mail. Uh, it is still around um, and uh, trying to to tear the cards out um, in a neat organized way, but always, always tearing them. So um, still chasing those in, you know, really high grades, of course. Um, I think, you know, it's been, it's been a blast being out whatnot. Um, and I hope to launch our sports cards category. Um, and that really kicked off uh, now being in the app every night and, um, really participating in the hobby much more, uh, attending many more card shows, um, getting to know people in the community that that I never would have otherwise, um, and really seeing kind of the everyone from the father-son duo at shows to entrepreneurs and shop owners and so on. And and you know, we'll get to whatnot, but um being able to to help grow those businesses, get to know people better. Um, and really learn about the characters of the hobby has has been super fun for me. Right on. Well, we have an important question already. And from uh, Mark Santucci wants to know, being you're from Long Island, how did you become a Yankees fan over a Mets fan? <laughs> uh, it's the classic bandwagon fan question. Um, I had my my fair share of uh, Shea Stadium trips, uh, going to Mets games, similarly uh, going to Nassau Coliseum to Islanders games, but um, I don't know. My mom was a Yankees fan. And so that's, you know, I ended up being on the right side and, and went with the pinstripes. So how did you end up at whatnot? Uh, tell us that story if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. Um, I'll go back uh, a little bit in time. I touched on sneakers a bunch. I think uh, they're, they're really important. Uh, in getting me to whatnot. And so, um, you know, I think as a kid, uh, I was obsessed with sneakers and I had to fuel uh, this hobby. So I ended up just, you know, buying an extra pair of shoes uh, and flipping it and trying to get some of the money back uh, to invest in more. Um, obviously, reselling, which is much bigger now, uh, it's a key piece of the hobby too, because 
people prospect, they fund their collections, they uh, get sick of stuff or want new stuff and, and resell to fund it. And so um, I didn't know uh, then that I'd end up back in this world. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, it's something I would have always dreamed of. Uh, I remember being at an event uh, that Nike was doing in 2006 and waiting in line and walking inside and seeing all these cool people that work there and wondering like, wow, that would be super awesome. And little did I know, um, you know, about eight years ago now, uh, I, I went into, I started working at some sneaker marketplaces. I'd been for context, uh, in technology and internet companies for, you know, basically my entire career. Um, but really fell back into, collectibles about eight or nine years ago. Um, the first marketplace that I was at was Flight Club. Uh, they're quite famous for uh, shrink-wrapped shoes and, you know, bringing sneaker consignment to the U.S. Uh, it was a pretty amazing experience because we got to replatform uh, their technology. Um, and probably my favorite part was getting to work in retail stores. Um, I think that's another important piece because uh, I truly believe that you know, whatnot and live shopping are, are very similar to shopping in a retail experience or for us in the hobby, being at, you know, your LCS or being at a card show and being able to talk to a dealer and ask them questions and find things that, you know, maybe you didn't, uh, you didn't know you would find. Um, and so after, you know, being at a couple other marketplaces doing similar things, uh, I joined whatnot about three years ago. Uh, I knew uh, our co-founders and I worked with one Logan in the past at some of those marketplaces. Um, and I think the the magic moment for me uh, was also a magic moment for whatnot, uh, which was uh, in July of 2020, uh, Grant, who you had on, who's our CEO and co-founder, uh, he went live selling Funko Pops on whatnot. I think it was the first the first ever live show. Um, and he actually, I think, talked about this uh, when he was on your show a couple of years ago. Um, but he moved like tons of product in a very limited amount of time. And I was just like, wow, like if that was, you know, product that I was selling and things that I was passionate about, like I would be amazed. Um, not only that, uh, he has an engaged group of people around him, similar to folks in your show, uh, asking questions, asking to see things, asking when the next, you know, the item that they wanted was going to come up and to see the damage and so on. And so um, I think that's, you know, when I got hooked, uh, I have a couple other examples, of course, but I ended up joining uh, and the team was quite small. I worked on a handful of different things, but pretty quickly um, I, you know, started working on the sports cars business, which was um, big, like it was tiny at that time. Um, and it, it was a grind. Uh, you know, one of the challenges of marketplace is that you need to solve for both sides of it, right? So it's not just the sellers, it's not just the buyers. And so really uh, figuring out that equation, uh, bringing folks on uh, to the platform, getting them excited about it. It's something new. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was a blast, um, but that's what drew me in. And, uh, you know, we can get into it, but over the last, you know, it's been just about three years, a little bit less, um, you know, the challenges have become more complex. Um, the business has grown significantly, as has the team, uh, both our sports card team, but also the wider whatnot team, um, and still continue to be super excited uh, about the category that we're building and then whatnot more broadly. 
Right on. Okay, great. Well, let's go to some uh, some comments here. We have Jake Dahl in the house. What's going on, Jake? Cage Lawyer Minion is present. Jeff McMahon. Say, kid, welcome to the show. Cage Lawyer Minion. Connie Chung, welcome. Uh, we've got... So, Eddie Ferguson says... Uh, he makes a comment. Whatnot, the place for scammers. We're going to talk about scamming that's gone on and whatnot a little bit later. So, stay tuned for that. Jake Dahl says, have you ever had the Air Jordan 1 or had a chance at them? The band shoes. Have you ever had that uh, that opportunity, Eric? So not the originals. I mean, I've had them in hand before. I got to to work with and see a lot of really cool shoes in in my days. Um, but retros, yes. Originals, I still don't have. So um, definitely a holy grail, though. Contender, big Jordan fan, buying up lots of Jordan cards over the last few years. Going to get a bunch graded. Good job, contender. Welcome to the show tonight. So you mentioned you're there. You we know and we know that you are the head of of sports at whatnot. What can you tell us a little bit more about your role? What does it really yeah. entail? What, what your day to day? Yeah, of course. Um, I think you know whatnot is a startup. We talked a little bit about this uh, backstage. So uh, things move quite quickly. Um, and you know, being here for the period I have feels, feels like an eternity. Um, but it also still feels oftentimes like it's, it's my first couple of months. Um, and I think that's important because things do change uh, a lot and no, no day is the same. Uh, you know, our team that, that works on sports is 12 people today. Uh, and, um, you know, we're, we're working across a handful of things, but I'll, I'll touch on a few. Uh, so one is, um, you know, our partnerships managers are, are working with sellers every single day, day in, day out in many different capacities. That can be anything from, hey, they're having pain points in shipping to putting together a big show or trying to understand, you know, where they can source product or what's hot on whatnot and what they should sell, what time they should go live. Uh, down to more of the development side and scaling a business. And when you go from, you know, being a, a collector, maybe it's just you, you're doing everything. And then all of a sudden you're doing a couple hundred orders a day. You have to grow and scale your own team to keep up. And so uh, the, the partnerships managers are critical. Um, we're super fortunate. Uh, we have people on the team that uh, have been on the team for two plus years that are members of the hobby that came from the community prior to being at whatnot. And so um, they're, they're obsessed to say the least, but they live and breathe this stuff. And you can see that in the work that they're doing and how they partner with folks. Um, but that's, that's kind of uh, our bread and butter uh, on the marketing side. It's putting together everything from, uh, Hey, who are we going to partner with uh, in the hobby that can speak to what we're doing, that we can get involved in what we're doing uh, everything from bigger campaigns like, uh, you know, hunting the triple logo man last year to this year's chase of flawless to what's happening on a product release day or around a cultural moment or a big moment in the hobby. Uh, and so that speaks a bit to the team. I think for me, uh, there's definitely, you know, a good amount of thinking of where do we want to be? How do we solve the problems? What do our users want primarily? Uh, you know, trust already came up. I know it's an area we'll focus on. And so that's, uh, that's one where, you know, I personally spend a lot of the time, a lot of my time with uh, our team of experts that are much smarter than I am. Uh, and then the last piece is, um, I think that, you know, what we're doing in live shopping is, 
it's quite new. A lot of the challenges we're solving have not been solved before. And so uh, that really means that we're, we're iterating as we go. We're listening to the community. We're talking to people. We're getting their feedback. Um, occasionally, we get to do things like this that are a bit more formal, and it's, it's pretty fun and exciting. But uh, no day is the same. Uh, and I think that, you know, around that challenge I mentioned, our business is 24-7, 365. And so uh, being in a live business that never ends, uh, that does raise additional complexity uh, and just creates, you know, some additional variety in, in what we do every day. So I, I just wanted to tell you a quick story. I don't know if you've heard me tell this, but part of when I go on other podcasts and people ask, you know, how did Sports Cards Live come around? I tell the story that, you know, one day I wanted to sell some some graded cards. And I this is back in March 2020. And uh, I wanted to sell some vintage graded hockey cards. And I, I there were a few vintage hockey groups on Facebook. So I, I reached out to one of the mods. I said, hey, do you mind if I just live stream? Because I didn't want to go through the whole scanning process that you have to do to list on some platforms and all that. And uh, he said, yeah, that's fine, but just don't show anything after 1989. So I went on like the next day and I just went card after card. I did. I had a great a great event. And then I had people messaging me saying, you should do it again. So then I thought, well, now I got modern cards. Where am I going to? There's a million modern Facebook groups. So I thought to myself, maybe I'll start a new Facebook group called Sports Cards Live for live streaming sales. Basically, what not before what not was even maybe conceived or had just been conceived. So uh you're welcome that I didn't get into the whatnot business. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, let's let's jump in with uh, maybe our, our first sort of uh, controversial topic. Not that it's just whatnot. I think this goes this this happens a lot of places. But you mentioned the triple logo man chase and the the hunt for it, the bounty on it, and we've seen more of those things since the triple LeBron logo man. But there's a lot of uh, narrative out in the hobby that says that uh, you know. The best cards are going to be hit by certain breakers, whether it's backyard breaks that gets a lot of this attention. They're a regular uh, whatnot seller or or others. Um, you know, it's the whole loaded box thing. You know, you're and I under I understand that whatnot is really like and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I look at it is whatnot is the shopping mall and all the sellers are the tenants. And so you are not receiving product from any distributor or manufacturer before it gets to the tenants in your mall or the sellers on whatnot. But despite that, that you're not really involved in that, that product pathway. Uh, what do you think about this and all the attention that's come on some of your most successful sellers? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. I'd love to chat a bit through like, you know, what whatnot is and where it started and so on. Cause there, there may be folks that uh, don't know that. Um, we, we can come around to it though afterwards. I'll, I'll answer your question first. Um, so I think, you know, there's there's a lot out there around this, uh, a lot of opinions and different perspectives. And I think that, you know, everyone is is entitled to, to theirs um, and I respect that. And I'll, I'll share mine personally. Um, I think, you know, a lot of product uh, is open every single day on the platform. Um, you're talking tens, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of hours a week uh, of live content in sports, just on whatnot, sports cards. Um, naturally, you're going to have a lot of big hits happen here um, just because of the sheer amount of product being open. And I, I think that oftentimes 
people don't really realize that we don't publish those numbers, but if you tune in, uh, I actually, um, I think on, on last time you had Grant on, I think someone left a comment that there were like 40 concurrent live sellers in sports cards at that time. It's a couple of years ago. Uh, it's many, many more than that. Maybe someone that that's watching and scrolling can drop it in. But I think that really just speaks to the significant amount of product that's being opened here. Um, and, uh, you can see that not just, don't just listen to me. Um, but we talked a little bit about the, the flawless hunt around the triple logo man last year. Um, and you know, when we did that marketing campaign, uh, famously to, to the team, I basically gave us a 0% chance uh, of hitting that card on whatnot. Um, little did I know I was very wrong. Uh, I found myself a couple of weeks later uh, on the live with JMO and the backyard team, you know, jingling the keys to, to what they want. And so um, I think that speaks to it. I think this year uh, around uh, flawless basketball, which has been over the last couple of months, Psy <laughs> kid, 351 live right now. Uh, and so um, if you look at our, our Instagram feed right now, you'll see that uh, in the lead up and, and the hunt around this year's flawless basketball, um, tons of logo men have been hit on whatnot. Uh, we're actually keeping a tally and don't hold me to it, but I think that half of the logo men that have been hit in this year's flawless basketball, uh, have been hit on whatnot. Uh, and that's a quarter of all of the outstanding logo men. Um, and that's not one seller, right? That's thousands of cases being opened, maybe a thousand uh, for this release, um, by hundreds of sellers. And so um, naturally, you're going to have this, uh, you know, this single point where many of these cards are being found. Um, and it's amazing for us, because the content is fun, it's exciting, people tune in, whether you want to transact and jump in or not. Um, there are these amazing moments that are happening, you know, every day and every night. And that's what the community is all about, right? It's critical that um, it happens so that there are new cards and um, there's new stuff all the time. And and yeah, I think it's a blast. And as far as the loaded boxes issue goes, do you just think that's narrative, or do you think that do you think that there's a chance that 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 manufacturers are possibly seeding cards in certain boxes and pushing them out to certain sellers or celebrity breakers or what or what have you? Yeah, I didn't answer that piece of your question, which is, uh, we are the we are a platform at the end of the day, we facilitate the transaction, um, we do a lot more than that, right? Like we, uh, we design the policies, we hold sellers accountable, we hold our buyers accountable, we hold the community accountable to them. Um, but we, we don't really get involved there. We don't manufacture our own product. Um, you know, we've used relationships before to support people if we can, but ultimately, that's not really our business. I think, uh, you know, when I talk a little bit about whatnot, um, we're not just sports cards. It's a lot of what we'll talk about here. But, um, you know, we were in hundreds of we support over 100 categories today. Uh, when you chatted with Grant, that was probably a small, it was probably a small fraction then. Um, and so as the marketplace, you know, that's the, the role that we play as the platform. Um, I think when it comes to you know, what the manufacturers do with the product and who they distribute it to. Um, personally, like I would stay far away from that if I were them. Uh, and these are big companies that we're talking about. They have big relationships with, um, you know, the IP that 
uh, cards are created around is some of the most powerful IP in the world. And uh, I don't think that uh, it would be wise to, you know, take that lightly. And so therefore, you know, my personal opinion is that, you know, it's not happening, though I can, I can see how that uh, opinion has been formed by folks in the community. So I'm going to bring up another comment here. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, part of what you do is is hold sellers accountable. So what do you say to Eddie Ferguson here who says yes, but whatnot doesn't help if breakers don't ship or keep cards? How often do things like this happen? Like your customer, your, your customer service lines, how often are they getting complaints about sellers that aren't shipping or keeping cards for themselves? Uh, is this is this a rampant issue for you guys? And how are you managing it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I know it's a it's a hot topic. So uh, excited to address it. Um, I think, you know, from day one, and the, the story of how whatnot was founded is kind of critical here. Um, and the very short version, and I'm happy to elaborate on it uh, is, you know, our founders, our collectors, uh, they started whatnot, uh, to solve a problem for themselves. And some of the best businesses and startups are built that way. Um, and the problem that they saw uh, a handful of things, one was um, they didn't feel that uh, transacting around collectibles was fun. Um, and so that's you know kind of at the core of what we do is really designing an experience that's fun, that's engaging. Um, and then the second piece is, of course, that it's safe. And so they didn't feel that uh, what was out there was trustworthy. Um, and you, you see that on both sides of the marketplace on, you know, different platforms. Um, and so that focus on trust, safety, uh, folks getting what they purchase uh, in, you know, a fair amount of time, the, the policy is two business days uh, for folks to ship orders out um, and for them to be packaged well and safely so that they're not damaged. Um, all of that goes you know, back to our roots from day one. Um, I think that, uh, you know, sports cards is quite a unique category. And that's because, uh, you know, folks know uh, about breaking that watch the show. Um, but uh, you, you take a box of cards, uh, the economic risk is shared amongst the entrance. Um, and typically, ideally, the cost of entry uh, into that transaction is lower than hopefully the card that you get out of it, right? And so naturally, uh, if you have bad actors more widely uh, in the community, they can look to keep that card and basically profit off of it. Um, this is a great example of one, like understanding the community and going deep enough, right? To really know how people are transacting, what's important to them. Um, and then designing policy around that. And so, uh, you know, a policy that I think is a first of its kind policy in marketplace that we designed specifically uh, around sports cards, that was an early one, was uh, we call it our high value item policy. What does that actually mean? Uh, it's focused specifically on breaks. Uh, so if you hit a high value card in a break and you don't get it, um, then we will actually compensate you the full market value of the card. We know people want the card. And so where we can, we try to get a replacement. If it's a one-of-one, -one, of course, it's not doable. Uh, so, you know, we'll work on comping that and making sure that the buyer is made whole. Um, and that's critical for two reasons. One, um, we need to make sure that folks have a great experience here. 
uh, and two, um, we're a counterparty in that transaction, right? And so um, we'll do what we need to do and we will to hold that seller accountable, but that's not enough. Um, we need to make sure that the buyer walks away, ideally as ha happy as they can be, right? Um, and so getting back to your question, um, these things do happen. Uh, the internet is uh, an interesting place, which which we all know. Um, you know, we don't just let any person onto the platform uh, from day one and even still today on whatnot. Uh, if you want to be a seller here, you have to fill out an application. Uh, you have to provide uh, trust signal, whether that's on social platforms or having a shop um, or folks uh, vouching for you or being a referral our team will review that. We review every single application by hand. Um, if that application is approved, we may ask additional questions. Um, you'll need to attend a live onboarding session. There are materials, there's a quiz. Um, so really what that does is uh, it helps us create a safe and consistent experience uh, for buyers that come onto the platform and allows us to educate sellers uh, around our policies because, hey, like there are things you need to do to be able to be a seller here. And if you don't meet those things, then, you know, you'll be held accountable and, and we detail all of that. Um, I think the second part of this question, but I want to let you jump in is, hey, like, you know, you mentioned this policy, it's been around for a while. Uh, it feels like there's been a little bit more tension recently. What have you guys done about it? Happy to cover that. Um, Yes, cover it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the, the one thing that comes to mind is you talk about, you know, designing a policy. That's great. But really, I think what's important is the enforcement of said policy. So if you can maybe kind of work in, again, it's it's great that you've designed a policy, but now enforcement's a whole other, a whole other area of work. So how are you enforcing these design policies? And if you can just work that into to where you're going with this. Yeah, point. of course. Of course. So um I think at the the top of this, um, you know, we ask that folks that have these issues come directly to us um, because uh, we have, you know, footage of every live stream. We have additional data uh, and telemetry around what is actually happening, right? And so, the sooner that we're we're made aware of that issue directly, uh, whether it's from someone in the community or an impacted buyer writing in, that's when we kick off. Our investigation. Uh, one of the changes that uh, we've made more recently uh, is that we're holding ourselves to, you know, a 24-hour window where we get back to that buyer um, and we keep them in the loop as we work uh, on their case, right? And so I, I mentioned this at the top. Uh, these are complex challenges. Some of these live streams are, we've had live streams that are over 24 hours long. Uh, so going back, reviewing the footage, seeing what was hit, seeing what happened, uh, reaching out to the seller to, you know, understand from their side to request uh, footage from their surveillance cameras and so on. Um, and, you know, the policies that we designed allow us to, you know, hold people accountable around these things. And so one of those is um, holding sellers financially responsible for when these things happen, because uh, this is someone's card that they really want, and it's critically important to them. Um, and if they're not getting it, one, they're not, they're likely not going to purchase from that seller again, but they're likely not going to purchase from whatnot again, either, unless they're taken care of. And so uh, those are our two pieces. 
Um, you know, we've also adjusted uh, our thresholds around these things. And so, uh, you know, how many issues is it before it's a bigger problem and you're potentially suspended or banned and prevented from ever selling again? Um, requirements like uh, adding, you know, signature required on packages over a certain dollar value uh, to help us ensure that things are arriving in the right way. Uh, and then I think, you know, at the end of the day, we are a technology company, right? And so, uh, you know, we're investing in the product every day to better understand these things and in real time to try to catch issues before they even happen. Um, and so there's a lot of work that's been done that's all behind the scenes over the last 12 months. Uh, and the team has been, you know, working really hard to help solve these things because the best thing to do is prevent them from happening in the first place. And so, um, that's a little bit of what we've done. That's how we try to hold the sellers accountable. Uh, we have, you know, it's an enforcement matrix. It doesn't mean too much, but it's, hey, what are the paths when these things happen? So that sellers understand that, you know, their business and what they've built on whatnot is at risk if these things happen. Um, and so I think the, that series of things uh, has helped. Um, and then, Finally, I think is listening to the community, right? We've heard a lot of feedback. And so some of those changes I mentioned are a result of the feedback we've you know, heard externally. Some is uh, from internal feedback. Uh, one external piece of feedback I'll touch on uh, was, uh, hey, when someone is being actively investigated, they shouldn't be able to go live. And that's a change we've made, which is, hey, um, that's not a great feeling, right? And so until we've concluded our investigation and done what we need to do, um, we may pause their, their live access. And then uh, assuming it's, you know, everything is okay, it'll be permitted to go live again. And if not, then potentially otherwise. How, like, how fast do you guys act upon receiving a complaint from somebody about a seller to, to go ahead and freeze their account so they can't continue to stream, especially if you have a, you know, just a, a total, a total, bad actor, a scammer who's just there for one thing, get away with it as long as they can. Has that happened? Have you had anybody who's just blatantly come on and scammed and then kind of, you know, you ban them and that's why they came on whatnot in the first place? Yeah, of course. Um, these these things happen. I think um, there, there are bad actors out there and trust that similar to our business being 24-7, 365 in terms of content. Um, that's our team as well. Uh, and so, you know, we, we deal with cases around the clock and depending on the severity, uh, it may be a case of all hands on deck um, where we're jumping in and, hey, uh, how do we solve for this? How do we take care of the buyer? Uh, how do we hold the seller accountable around it? Um, we follow our standard operating procedure in these cases, because as you could imagine, um, we need to have that and we need to be fair to both sides to the buyer to the seller um but when there are extreme cases which you know of course we've had a handful we'll jump on it right away we'll make sure the buyer is taken care of and that they walk away with a positive experience and then we'll make sure that seller is held accountable around it again depending on the severity and where it's at um and so you know our i mentioned that 24-hour window um, we're, we're definitely growing, uh, a lot as a team, uh, and the business is growing. And so, um, that may not seem like quick enough, but that's what we're holding ourselves to, because we know again, that 
when these things happen as the as the impacted individual this is the most important case right so if jeremy doesn't get his card that's all he cares about we need to make sure that we solve for that as quickly and as fairly as we can um so that you know he's able to get what he wanted rightfully so yeah so like how 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 big is your team that works on the, on the trust and uh customer service and that like is this because you know when you when you surf through various social media platforms you see several comments about whatnot and other live selling platforms uh you know complaining about this seller that seller this person didn't do that and and you see comments like the one that eddie ferguson put up over here saying that you know whatnot won't doesn't help you uh you know what do you say to someone that says whatnot doesn't help in these cases? I mean, does whatnot help or is, is Eddie Ferguson right that they don't help? Yeah. Um, this, the team, uh, one piece I, I didn't mention in some of the changes we made, but there's actually a, a group of folks on the team that are dedicated to high value issues. And again, those are high value sports card issues. Right. Um, and uh, the reason we need that is because, uh, the issues are complex, right? Like you have to go back, uh, you have to watch, if it's a break, you have to go walk, go back and watch the break, see what was hit, um, tally all those cards, uh, get the comp values on those cards and, and really understand, you know, what's happened. And so um, that is a dedicated team. And again, that's because of um, that agreement of trying to get uh, back to folks in, in 24 hours. And so when it comes to the, the customer service and trust side, um, that's the North Star is, you know, making the user whole, holding potentially a seller accountable where something does go wrong. Um, and it does require intentional effort. And it's, it is so critical to what we do because uh, once you lose that, you jeopardize that user, right? And so that comment is an example where, hey, if that happens to you, um, you're, you're potentially not ever going to come back. Right. And so while as a business, um, our goal is to grow these things take away from that. And so equally as important as growing is ensuring that as we grow, we continue to create that experience. Um, we continue to create it again through, you know, policies, uh, that allow us to hold folks accountable, listening to the feedback, iterating, because again, things are changing, uh, community members are coming up with new concepts and formats and so on. Um, and so I think that uh, while it's challenging, the combination of those things are are critical for us to continue to do what we're doing. So I want to ask, thank you for that explanation. And I, I just want to ask you this, because when I put on Twitter that I was having you on today, someone sent me uh, a reply and said, ask what not about this in your interview. And then another bleacher break scandal he was uh forwarding or retweeting another one another tweet it says look like looks like bleacher breaks may have been caught shilling their own breaks on whatnot so the reason i ask you this is not nothing about bleacher breaks because i don't even know who they are personally but when you and nothing against them i'm sure they're successful what they do i just anyway what do you do when you see something like when someone on the whatnot team becomes aware that there's this sort of narrative going on out there, do you immediately take action or do you wait to see if you're contacted directly by a customer? Like how do you guys deal with this narrative that is just being formed around you? That's out of your control. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. 
Um, and I think it's, it's interesting because having been at um, other places in prior lives where around collectibles, where, um, you know, authenticity is critical. It's at the core of any collectible, right? Um, we sit so much closer to the community here than I ever have at any other place I've been. Um, and I think, you know, that speaks to uh, a lot of the success that we've had is that uh, to date is that um, we are really listening and watching and monitoring and speaking to people and hearing them. And so um, I mentioned the word iterate a lot, which is really just taking that feedback uh, that we're hearing from different sources and what we're seeing and what we're finding, you know, in our data and from consuming the content um, and improving and trying to get better. Uh, and so um, to do that, we have to listen. And so naturally, we also find these cases, right? And so um, I won't comment on a specific case, but if you mention any one of the cases that you would find on social media, the team has likely already investigated or is actively investigating it. And so I mentioned that um, all hands on deck approach. And I think that um, that really speaks to what we're trying to do in the hobby. And I think we're being held accountable to a much higher degree because of that, rightfully so, right? There's no third party in the hobby that comes in and enforces, right? You go to a card show, they don't even have, there's not even police at a card show when there's millions of dollars in showcases, right? That's because the community, you know, moderates itself, right? And so um, I think that speaks to the hobby. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and the hobby holds people accountable and wants to because a lot of, you know, what we do every day is built on a level of trust and, and authenticity and care because, um, we all collect these things and care about them and they make us happy. Um, and, you know, financially they're also important. And so, um, that's where that all hands on deck approach is critical because similar to the case that, that what I mentioned earlier to Jeremy, like that's a burning fire, right? Um, and so we have to solve it. We have to jump on it. We have to do it in a timely fashion. Uh, we have to investigate through the systems that, and data that we have and talk to him and understand, hey, what happened and, um, and listen, right? And not just solve it, but also think about, hey, how do we prevent this thing from happening moving forward? Was there a gap in our policy that allowed this? Um, and how do we adjust, right? Because um, again, like that's what we do. We have to learn and we have to improve. Uh, it's definitely not perfect. Uh, it won't ever be, right? But we hold ourselves to a high bar uh, and the community should also hold ourselves to a high bar because this stuff is critically important and it's, you know, it's folks investing their time, their money, and it's their passion. All right. Well, thank you. No, I think you you answered that uh, to my satisfaction. Let's go through some comments. Eric Binder a while ago just says hello to you. Uh, Kieran Kelly uh, says, what percentage of sports activities memorabilia versus cards? How ensure enough eyes and the right, how do you ensure enough eyes and the right eyes are there for an auction slash sale? I'll just let you go off of that. Yeah. I like that question. Um, in our sports business, uh, the majority is sports cards. 
um, memorabilia. There's definitely active business there and there's folks that are very excited about it. I think, you know, when I talk at a higher level uh, about whatnot, um, you know, I'm excited to see every category that I'm interested in uh, on the app. And so it's our goal to make products available uh, to folks. So if you're looking for, you know, an autographed helmet uh, or a game used jersey or otherwise, uh, ideally we have that available for you. In terms of uh, right eyes, we can talk a bit about, you know, the user experience when you use the app. Um, but our goal is to customize the experience for you. So Jeremy, I know you're uh, a big hockey guy. Uh, and so ideally that's what you see, right? And if you search for a specific card or set, uh, we have something there for you. Ideally in our marketplace, even better, something that's live right now, you know, so that you can tune in and get that fix. All right. Well, there you go, Kieran Crilly. Uh, Matt Pine wants to know, do you have any plans to incorporate more vintage sports cards into the platform? And really, again, you are not selling yourselves on the platform. It's all of your sellers that are your, mm -hmm. I guess, partially your, your customers, your partners. You like, do you guys actively go out and try to find new new sellers or even existing sellers to sell new products or new sellers to sell products that aren't uh, as prevalent on the on the platform? Yeah, of course. I mean, that that's the bread and butter of what our business team does. Uh, we do it in sports cards, but you can imagine in a new category, uh, we have someone uh, right now that's selling live corals. Uh, so pretty, side got all the metrics. Um, so there really is uh, something for everyone. But when we when we look at a new category, we put intentional effort behind it because I mentioned my team a little bit and having folks that are from the hobby and live and breathe this stuff, there's no better way to do it. Um, and if we're trying to solve the problems and create a selection of uh, collectibles and content that you're interested in, we have to know it really well, right? And so we do go out there, we partner with sellers, we target sellers that have um, you know, supply that maybe we don't yet have on the platform or specific supply and work with them to understand their needs and their collection. Maybe they don't even have a business yet, but the business that they could have and help make them successful. So uh, long answer to um, vintage is an area that I'm really excited about as well, uh, because when you go to shows and you look into showcases, you see a lot of it. And I think uh, very similar to being at a show um, and needing to look for, you know, that needle in a haystack, people want to do that on whatnot. And so uh, that's an area that we are putting effort behind. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, the professor says, uh, I followed Slabstock's community to whatnot as they move to doing some of their card activities on the on the whatnot platform. Uh, Kieran Crilly says, what enforcement is considered against fraudulent sellers other than preventing them from selling again? Is there any form of legal action taken? Yeah, um, that I, I maybe don't know the answer to that second piece. Um, I think in terms of the actions that we take, um, and when it comes to legal, I think, again, it's, it's a question of, you know, the extent of it, the dollar amount and so on. And so, um, while I'd love to hold every person that does something like that accountable legally, I don't, I don't know that I can, and legal is probably going to say something to me. Uh, but, um, the, the case that, uh, we never 
like to see is uh, when, you know, someone is banned, they're not permitted to sell on the platform anymore. Um, they're not actually uh, allowed to be a part of the community. And so it's not just, hey, you can't sell, you can't go live. It's, hey, you also can't engage potentially with the community that um, you've developed and been a part of. And so that's the extent of what we can do inside of, you know, our doors and our platform. Anything beyond that uh, is is not my expertise, unfortunately. All right. Corey from Show Your Slab says, yeah, one issue with the hobby is the scandal headline always lives on, but we never really hear the reconciliation side of it. And I would imagine if the person who got scammed did not get made whole, we would hear about that. So I never, I have, that's a, I think that's a pretty astute comment from Corey at Show Your Slabs. I, I didn't even think of that myself, that if people, you know, it's one thing to, to say I got scammed anywhere, but are you then coming out as once in a while, you will see somebody who will address both sides say, Hey, I was, I, I was sharing my, my uh, negative experience. I'm not going to share a positive experience I had that came out of it. You don't, you'll often hear the negative, but a lot of people won't follow up with the positive. So mm-hmm. let me just add, you know, let me turn Corey's comments, which I thank him. I think they're great comments into a bit of a, a question, which is, and you may not know the answer, but gut feel even, what is your, what is your rate of customer status, customer, sorry, what is your rate of complaining customer satisfaction? So people who have had issues feel like they've been scammed. What rate of those of those customers feel like they've been taken care of by whatnot uh, when all when, when your process uh, has run its course? Yeah, I definitely don't have a number, but I, I can give you my perspective and what our North Star is and what we try to do. And so um, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create a positive experience and try to turn that negative as positive as we can. Um, and that's why I talk about like, Hey, it's not just can we get you a refund because uh, or or compensation for the market value of the product? We know people want their cards more than anything, right? That's why we're all here, uh, and so that's why ideally that's the outcome and that's the policy. Um, but I think that uh, you know you you definitely hear more of the cases where it's negative, and um, that's generally social media as well. Um, but we're not, the reason that we're trying to fix these things and make buyers whole and uh, have them walk away with a positive experience is not so that they go back on and say, hey, whatnot's the best and they fixed it. Um, it's it's the right thing to do. Uh, and that's the experience you would want if you put yourself in that person's shoes. And so ultimately that's what's most important to us is did you walk away with what you thought you were going to get or something as close as possible to it, um, regardless of what happened? Maybe it was lost by the carrier that was shipping it. Maybe maybe it was damaged in transit. Maybe there is someone at fault. Of course, we should know and track that and understand those issues and hold folks accountable. Uh, but ultimately, the right thing to do is to take care of them and have them walk away happy. And so... Um, on the customer customer satisfaction side, that's what we're trying to do, and that's why we have all these pieces in place and training and build the team and policies and and you know uh, the the live selling vetting that we do are really to create 
that positive experience. Um, but when we need to react to these things and improve, of course we will. Um, but what's most important, you know, to us more than a customer satisfaction score uh, is that you walk away feeling like, uh, you know, it, it turned positive. Right on. Collector's Dream says, hello, good to see you. Liverpool just stepped in, says hi to you, Eric. LGC says, is, and after this, we're going to move on to some other topics, says, is simply banning a bad seller enough of a deterrent? If a bad seller has a brick and mortar business, I would like to know who they were, what they did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I covered a couple of things on like holding folks financially accountable, uh, you know, for something being lost, holding the seller accountable for it, um, which I do think is a deterrent. Uh, I also think, you know, these are community members. Uh, people are selling under the names that they're known for on social media and so on. Um, that's why we use those trust scores when, when we bring people on. It's, um, hey, if you do something wrong, um, you have a lot to lose beyond that financial value, right? Like this is your reputation uh, in our community outside of whatnot as well in the hobby. Um, I think the knowing who they are uh, is interesting. Um, you know, there are scammer lists on Facebook and so on that uh, more widely span our community, people that don't show up to shows anymore. Um, and so I think that is an interesting way to hold people accountable. Different platforms have taken different approaches to this and what they share. Um, but I definitely think that that's an interesting one. Have you guys ever brought the police in to an issue? And like, would you like, cause I'm thinking about the shopping mall that has its tenants and you know, there's a thief that is running and now this isn't the shopping. This isn't the tenant. This is a customer. So it's a bit different, but the customer runs out of the store with stolen goods and, and mall security employed by the mall chases them down. And if it's, you know, if it's serious enough, they may bring in the, they may call the police and then turn it over to them because, you know, you are not law enforcement. The, mat, the, 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 the shopping center is not law enforcement. So I'll, I'll ask this final question. Have, how do you guys see that? Have you ever brought in the police because uh, a scam or, or something bad happened on the site that was just so egregious that you were like, well, we need to take further action besides just banning them. Yeah. Um, I, I hope the, the team uh, doesn't feel like mall cops, nothing against mall cops. Uh, I'm just thinking of that movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, I think, you know, where it's feasible and where the issue warrants it, 1000%. That's our responsibility as a platform, just like any other. Um, and so where there's a need, we definitely would. Um, and we would we hold ourselves accountable around that. Um, I won't comment on any specific cases. Uh, but, you know, I think just like anything else, uh, you, using the example, uh, they'll try to you know, do what they can with the team that they have inside of their doors, right? But if they need outside support, uh, they will use that when needed. Okay. All right. Uh, Kieran Crilly says, having coverage and eyes is important. For example, REA Auctions goes out to vintage collectors, often collectors for two decades plus. If I want to sell a Gehrig or Kofax card, why would I sell that with whatnot is the question. Sure. Uh, if, if I'm understanding it right, um, I think that uh, the, the question is around the, the demand side, right? So like, why would you bring it to us and sell it here? Gotcha. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of 
what is amazing about the platform is that live side and that engagement, right? And so um, even with sports cards where things are encapsulated, they have a grade, you understand their condition and so on, you still want to see it. Um, you still want to look at it up close. And um, this is the closest thing to it. You can ask the que- you can ask questions. You can understand the provenance of the card. Hey, Jeremy, did you pull this raw and get it graded? Or did you buy it at the last Dallas card show? Um, these are all things that you could do here. And I think that that fun and engaging experience draws people in and draws them in to spend time here. Uh, and so personally, like, I find it captivating. I spend so much time on the app consuming this content, not just because I work here, uh, but because it's fun and it's exciting and I get to engage with folks. And I think that's a lot of uh, the magic of what we get to do is uh, a seller is far beyond just a name or a username or an Instagram page. You, You get to know them. You want to buy from them. You know who has that supply that you're most interested in that affinity i think is very valuable and and that does end up translating into into comps and and the value that you get back and i mean i know from my own experience and i haven't done one in a while but i did a few uh whatnot sales streams and what i was what i was most surprised by was just how many people there were on there whose names i had no familiarity with i did not recognize them it seems like there are people just waiting on whatnot for people to sell things. And that that was my, I was, I had a I had great success very in a very short time with no track record on the site. I didn't bite people through other social media, but this was already, again, probably at least a year and a half ago, I'm thinking it, it was. So I want, you said you spent a lot of time on the site, on the app, you know, do you, not without naming names, like just yes or no, do you have favorite sellers to watch? But where I but but what I would also then ask is, what are some of the qualities, like the best practices or the things that you like the most about what about the best sellers on whatnot? So that if somebody watching right now says, okay, saw Eric from whatnot on Sports Cards Live with Jeremy, I'm going to download the app. I've never done it before, and I'm going to go into a. I'm going to find myself watching a stream, but it might be a boring stream where someone's just got the camera uh, aimed at a price list or something. You know that's not gonna that's not gonna be very sticky for me for for me anyway. So, what first of all, do you have favorites? And number two, what should new people be looking for on whatnot? Yeah, um, of course I have favorites. Uh, I'm biased. I'll I'll come around to it though. Um, I think that uh, you know what we do is content and commerce, and and it's the marrying of the two, right? And I think that's important because. Uh, content, um, people enjoy different forms of content, right? Like my wife likes to watch like true crime TV. I can't stand it. Uh, but that's what she enjoys. And so I think similarly, uh, you have that on whatnot too, where, um, some people to your point, Jeremy, they actually enjoy that like boring stream, as you said, where it's just a camera looking at a slab and, uh, there's not much else to it. And Hey, some consider that boring, but others quite enjoy it. Um, and so when you look at sellers on whatnot, um, there's no one, one type of seller, right? We have individual collectors, uh, people that are dumping some of their PC. Uh, there are small businesses that are potentially turning into larger ones. Uh, there are LCSs, right? So you have this variety that's going to bring 
uh, different types of content for people to engage with. And at our scale, you're talking tens of thousands of sellers, right, that are building these businesses with many of them doing over a million dollars a year in sales. Um, and so I think that when you want to create a place where everyone can, you know, find what they like and buy what they like, you do end up with that variety. Uh, and so for me, um, I mentioned I was biased and a favorite, but an early seller that uh, I brought on to whatnot, um, one of the first sellers I brought on a couple of years ago uh, is a, a shop in Brooklyn, New York, uh, owned by two brothers uh, who I've grown to know well and see a bunch um, called Hobby Box. Uh, and they built quite an amazing business on whatnot. And these guys will just burn through singles. Uh, raw cards, lots, graded, you name it. Um, they did a few million dollars last year. They'll probably double this year in sales. Uh, their team is almost 20. They're live for 100 plus hours every week. And so um, that's one I enjoy because I know when I tune in, uh, there's always something new and different and exciting. Um, and yeah, again, like I help bring them to whatnot. So it's fun. Right on. Well, Eric Binder says, uh, hobby box, the goats. Uh, the professor made a comment earlier saying, um, I've only been on slab stock stream on whatnot, but it's much more of a community auction or fixed price. You can ask questions about a card and you see who else is bidding in the community. I remember that, uh, and I've seen that myself. Yeah, that's, uh, that is a lot, a lot of fun for sure. Uh, Matt Pine brings up a question, which is certainly on our notes. So let's just get into it right now. Matt Pine says the 800 pound elephant in the room fanatics, where do you see Whatnot's future as a direct competitor or rather perhaps as a partner? And I also wanted to raise eBay Live. We have Fanatics Live, which is, seems to be launching soon. eBay has been talking about a live a live shopping uh, platform. I, I think it's launched. I'm not 100% certain yet. I've seen some people talking about it. Uh, but that was one of my questions for you too was, you know, is this something, one of my topics really was going to be what keeps you up at night, Eric? And I wonder, does future competition keep you up at night? But let's talk about what your thoughts are, maybe what 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 whatnots overall thoughts are about the entry into the into the competitive landscape of two really big companies. You have other competitors, but nothing like an eBay or a Fanatic. So um, speak to that, and then I'll remind you again what else keeps you up at night. Sounds good. Uh, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, around competition, I think, you know, live stream commerce, why many of us are here at whatnot, um, is, uh, because of the size of the opportunity. And so, um, naturally that's going to attract new entrants, right? Some of those, uh, could be companies in big tech, whether, you know, it's a, Facebook or an Instagram or otherwise, others can be direct startup competitors, um, or of course the folks that you mentioned. Um, live shopping in China's you know 150 billion dollar a year market, um, and so we're excited about that. And naturally, many other folks will be as well. Um, I think that what's really important here is that it's not just commerce, right? It's the community that people come here for. I mentioned that a bunch, but it's critical. Um, and that's in the hobby and in sports cards and what we're specifically talking about here. Um, but that's also a single 
category, though a key and a core one and an area we're investing significantly in, uh, in whatnot. Um, but we are building something beyond this as well, right? I think that's important because people come here for sports cards and maybe that's all they do, but people come here for, um, I quite like uh, vintage clothing and memorabilia, which I think is fun. Um, and so folks that come in, that may be the first time they discover sports cards. And that's because we have this variety and assortment. Um, and I think that, you know, really prioritizing for these communities and what is important to them, whether it's uh, around policy, whether it's around what they want to see in our product. And so, hey, I want to be able to scan a slab and list it for sale in one tap, right? Like we'll build that because we understand that that's what is important specifically in sports cards, right? And I think that um, that and many other examples and creating that engaging experience um, really is what drives people to come back and spend time here. Um, and so while it's expected um, and we're all here for the same reason is we want to grow the hobby, right? Um, we want to see new people come in because we want to introduce them to this thing that we're all excited about. And we don't believe there's any better way to do it than live shopping, right? You remember when you went to your first card show and it's eye-opening, right? And so very similarly, bringing folks in, making sure we have that content that keeps them exciting, that keeps them engaged. And so um, many folks have tried it before us. Um, you know, We believe that we help to really change breaking um, in sports cards. We took it from something that was like, hey, we're going to pre-fill and we're going to go live once it's filled to now you can do it just in time. And so, um, you know, we're investing significantly, specifically in our trading cards and sports cards product experience on the app. And so we're excited about many more things that we'll build that will draw new people in and keep current folks engaged and coming back. Yeah. Okay, let's go to, I have, I have something I want to, comment on but i'm going to remember it and i'm going to go to michael ham's comment here he mentions a company called kk sports is on whatnot and has been for a while and is now going to be on the first fanatics live is whatnot doing anything to keep key breakers i mean that's a this is this must be a risk area for you guys right now um i would think you have to be thinking about this so yeah what are you doing to retain and, and keep your your sellers from from jumping ship yeah um so there are folks that we have quite strong relationships with, of course, uh, in the community, both sellers and, and outside of that, buyers and so on. Um, with a lot of our close sellers, I kind of mentioned this at the top, um, our partnerships managers have built really strong, um, not just working, but also personal relationships with. And so that goes a really, really long way um, in the experience that we've created and how we've helped these businesses um, grow and scale and succeed, of course, is critical um, and, and has been um, especially important to them. Uh, and so, you know, we're working every day. We are primarily focused on the experience that we are building here for our users, both buyers and sellers. And so while, you know, we pay attention and we listen and um, we're watching what's happening in the market, um, we're primarily focused on what's happening here. And that focus is critical because there's so many things we could be doing. And so uh, I think the shorter answer to your question is, um, you know, we're going to continue uh, to spend time with folks to help develop them, to help them put together 
shows that the community is excited about to help them um, fundamentally grow their businesses, their brands, um, and their presence in our hobby and community. And uh, that's something that's been critically important to us from day one. Um, we have uh, someone on our team, Matt Akiyama, who uh, anyone that's listening to this show that's uh, a seller on whatnot has probably heard his name. Uh, he's a critical piece of our seller development team, um, and he's helped a lot of the brands that you see, including KK, um, develop and you know grow on the platform. And so uh, that's independently of anything that's happening in the competitive landscape, that's who we are and who our team is. And uh, it's been critical to getting us here. And it's something that we'll continue to prioritize. So if I was to start a new company in the hobby, I would probably, and I, and I was not creating a brand new type of service or product, I would probably study the, the incumbent competitors quite a bit. And I would look at what they're doing. And I would just, I would think to myself, you know, this is good. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to emulate it and this is bad. I'm going to improve it or do something different. You mentioned, you said, you know, we're focusing on what we're doing. I have to think that other people are focusing or have been focused on what you're doing as well. And I say that because I think it's just, it's got to be the truth. Whatnot is a behemoth in the space. I mean, you guys have a great presence. Uh, the brand recognition is, is as strong as any brand in, in the hobby that I can even think of really. Um, so the thing that might be different, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, or this is just me iterating on the thought myself to use one of your words, you know, it's easy for you for, for whatnot or easier for whatnot, which is a startup, a small company to be nimble, to, to make changes quickly. Whereas one of your incoming competitors may not have the ability to do that uh, so well, you know, may not be able to make changes. So I, I, I ask like, you know, these comp the, the eBay live, the fanatics live, they must've studied you among maybe one or two other platforms, but what are you guys doing knowing they're studying you, knowing they're coming to stay one step ahead of them? And do you think that you are more nimble based on your being a, a smaller company than those ones? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think what's at the root of all of this is uh, creating that experience that people want to be a part of and creating a community beyond shopping, beyond content. It's a place where people want to be and they want to interact. And I think uh, you mentioned a couple of examples, and I think that um, other folks that have taken a shot at this have been missing, uh, you know, at least one piece of this puzzle, right? Of community uh, being technology and user fo first uh, and having that focus, right? On what is most important, having that tight feedback loop with uh, buyers and sellers and folks that have never even heard about what not before or what they would want. Um, and so uh, I think that, you know, we've been, there's a lot of luck here, uh, but the team is amazing, uh, whether it's on the, on the product or the engineering side, uh, or our go-to-market, our business team, um, folks are investing their time, their effort in really creating the best experience possible. Um, and it's live shopping first, right? Like that is our bread and butter. Uh, we have social components, of course, because they're critical to the equation. Um, but 
you know, there are other folks that are, are trying to, you know, add live shopping to something that's already in place, right? Um, we're, we're primarily doing that. And that allows us, one, to move more quickly, two, um, you know, it's not that long of a period of time, but we've been at it since 2019. Uh, and so we've been investing in this technology and in all of the piping. I touched on, you know, the the trust and safety work that we've done in the back end that no one really sees, right? A lot of that piping and what we're putting in place is critical to being able to be at this point, being at the point of scale that we are at today. Um, and it's going to be especially more important as we continue to grow, right? And so those things I don't think are easy. Uh, they haven't really been done before. And so, um, you know, working at it with great people uh, that are passionate about it and trying to create that experience um, is, I think, a lot of, you know, what's led and allowed us to get to this place. Right on. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, Derek Galloway, big congratulations. Just pulled a Kenny Pickett gold, seven of 10 select from a Walmart me Walmart mega box. I can't believe it. Just started collecting again last week and have been getting nothing from retail until the picket. Well, congratulations, Derek Galloway. Uh, Polwax in the house, what's going on? I think he's calling you dad. Eric Shemtov <laughs> changed my life. What not changed live streaming. Uh, good to see you, Polwax. Michael Ham does thank you for the answer. I greatly appreciate what you have done and what you have allowed for smaller individuals to be able to do uh, to use your platform. Thank you for the comment, Michael Ham. I will see you at the national in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping I'm, you'll be there, right, Ham? Let me know if you're if you're if you're going to be there. Uh, we had a couple of questions. One earlier from Corey. I've been saving this one for towards the end, but Corey asked, "Looking forward to seeing uh, whatnot's national setup. You always bring something cool and." Kieran Crilly just said, uh, whatnot's focus on the national. Last year, it felt like building profile. I mean, last year, it felt like a carnival across the whole show. Uh, what what do you have planned for 2023 at the national uh, for whatnot, Eric? I'm super excited about the national. Uh, I say that every year, um, but it's, it's whatnot's third national. Um, and I think, you know, every year we do our best to, to top ourselves and uh, do something really fun. Um, we're, we're pretty lucky as a company. We do a bunch of uh, the Comic-Con circuit, New York Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, I think is the week before the national. Um, and so we've got to try uh, a bunch of the things and the team is creative. Um, I, I won't share all of it, uh, but what I will share is uh, it is significant to us uh, that uh the national binder likes to ask a lot of questions. Uh, it is significant to us and to our presence this year that the national is back in Chicago. Um, it is 2023 uh, and we may be paying a bit of homage to that. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, similar to, to last year, we're super excited to be partnering with uh, Ripping Wax on the Case Break Pavilion. Um, and I think, you know, uh, having a significant amount of hobby content that comes out of that. Um, and what's so cool about it is, uh, you know, many folks are, of course, at the National, um, but there are also ways to experience it from home and see what's happening. And I think that, you know, that includes our presence as well and some of what I'm uh, alluding to in a cryptic way. And so whether you'll be there 
uh, on the ground or not tune in. And uh, we've definitely got some, some fun stuff cooking up. Right on. Good. We, we, we got to backtrack. Now we talked all about trust and safety. What we didn't talk about what yet was the what not watch program, which you guys announced feels like about a month ago uh, in the, in the trust and safety area. Can you just tell us what that is and how it's going so far and maybe yeah. what even brought it about? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I didn't mention it uh, in, you know, the, the list of some of the changes we've made uh, in uh, what we've improved over the last year, because uh, I had a feeling you were going to raise it. Uh, but it's uh, the What Not Watch is uh, a community moderator program um, where basically uh, we are compensating folks in the community uh, for I, like monitoring streams, identifying issues, uh, and reporting on you know severe violations and things that are happening in streams. Um, why why are we doing that? Why do we believe in it? Where did it come from? Um, really, I mentioned a lot about the community being first, um, and the community is quite good at tuning in and monitoring and calling these things out, calling out when something's wrong. I mentioned how you know there's not even police at card shows, right? And so. Um, this is a way for us uh, to pull folks in that uh, have that expertise uh, and enjoy tuning into streams. Um, they're looking out for a handful of things. Anything from, uh, hey, this seller is uh, entering into their own break. Uh, cards are being taken off of the screen or off of the camera where they're no longer visible. Uh, this person potentially attempted uh, to you know, keep a hit or not honor it and give it to the seller, like took it out of the pack, uh, sorry, to the buyer, um, attempting to sell something that looks like it's been resealed uh, or anything where um, someone may be looking to manipulate the outcome. And typically that's around a break, right? Um, and why we're excited about it is because one, um, we believe that something like this is needed. Uh, it is a pilot. And so we're learning as are the folks that are members of the community, but uh, I think it's a fun way to to engage. Uh, yeah, no worries. Uh, it's a fun way to, to engage and, um, you know, hold folks accountable uh, around it. Um, and, you know, we'll see, like it's, uh, we still don't have enough data to say this is gonna be, um, this is something that could be uh, valuable in other categories as well, right? Not just sports. And so uh, I'm excited about it. Um, I think it's a it's a cool opportunity for folks to get involved that really care uh, about this stuff um, and, and help us uh, in improving what's happening. Polwax has a question. Do you believe the WhatNot partners help out the business? Of course. Um, our, our business is our seller's business, right? Um, and so uh, without those partners, uh, we don't have anything. And so that means a handful of things. One, um, we partner very closely with folks. Um, we try to connect with them to understand how we can help them, again, whether it's around their internal operations, is there something we can build in the product? Um, Polax uh, and their team have a lot of orders. And so you know, if the dashboard breaks over a thousand orders, we need to hear about it so we can fix it, right? So it's everything from uh, our product to the experience to where can we support their business? 
what are their ambitions and dreams, right? Uh, I know Mikey's got a bunch because we've chatted through some of them, um, but really helping uh, helping folks to unlock that for themselves and their businesses is so core to what we do. Um, and on the reverse side of that, uh, you know, all of the business that they're doing is helping to grow us. And, you know, that's not just saying it, you see that like in our footprint at the, at the national, you will find that like, it's not uh, all about whatnot, right? We put the partner front and center because that's who the community wants to see. And we are enabling and unlock, helping to unlock that for them. Thank you. I asked you earlier uh, as part of the other question, like what keeps you up at night? So I want to switch and ask you a little bit about the, you know, there, there's, there's, social media narrative around group breaks and the to, to the extent that they are gambling. So I want to get uh, whatnot's sort of position or maybe just Eric Shemtov's thoughts on comments on, you know, the to the extent that group breaks are gambling and if any regulation may be coming down the pipeline personally from my very simple uh, outlook, I don't think we're going to see regulation in the space if not for a very, very long time. I don't think we will. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Uh, as far as the, this narrative around it's gambling and people are losing their shirts and we, we as a hobby need to protect these potential victims from being victimized by losing their money in a gamble, especially if they're under age, you know, young kids using, using, I, I've seen people go as far as saying, you know, well, how, you you know, kids, people under the age of 18 are going on whatnot or they're going on group breaks elsewhere and, and spending money and losing all their, losing their money or not getting good value, you know. Um, what are your, what are your guys' thoughts on this whole thing around the, the gambling narrative and the, and a lot of people calling for regulation in the hobby and I think in particular to, to group breaks. And also the fact that, that fanatics is going into live shopping as well as gambling, like actual gambling, uh, that that might attract more regulatory eyeballs to the whole space, to the space overall. Sure. Um, I talked a bunch about policy um, and I think it's an important piece of, of this equation. So I'll come around to it. Um, I imagine uh, if, regulation comes along. And again, I'm speaking purely from, from my personal perspective and opinion. Um, if it comes along, I think the, the goal of it would be to create a safe and consistent experience, right? Um, one other note before I jump in is uh, you have to be 18 to use the WhatNot app. Uh, so anyone that's under the age of, the, of 18 should not be using it. It's considered a violation, um, but I'll jump back. Uh, so it, it would likely be designed to create that safe and consistent experience. I think that's very similar to a lot of what I mentioned and a lot of why we have community guidelines and policy that we hold sellers accountable to. And so um, in many ways, we're regulating what is happening on our platform uh, through our policy and through enforcement and holding people accountable to it. Um, and so if regulation was to come down the pipe, um, similar to... Um, how we're improving our policy every day, um, you know, we would evolve uh, to adopt whatever we would need to, um, to one, 
be compliant and to two, uh, ensure that we're creating that safe experience for for our users. Um, I don't think we're scared of that. Uh, I think you know we feel comfortable that the business will have to evolve, um, maybe potentially due to external factors, um, and so that's that's something that we would take head on. Um, I think that when I when I hear the the some of the narrative around gambling, and again, this is just my personal opinion. I think that. Um, folks enjoy prospecting. They enjoy uh, investing in players because they believe they're going to have a breakout year or they're injured and they're going to recover and bounce back. And so uh, I think that's pretty fundamental uh, to our industry. Um, and I think that that's okay. Uh, I think when it comes to breaks and opening a product, whether you're buying into a break or uh, you're someone mentioned uh, retail product or opening retail product, uh, the odds are, are listed on that product. And so opening that product, whether it's Jeremy uh, in his office or it's a bunch of folks that are buying into it in a break, personally, I don't see too much of a difference there. Uh, it's fun. It's engaging. Uh, it's why we're all here to enjoy the hobby. And so, um, again, I think if it, if it comes along, uh, you know, we'll evolve, uh, we'll implement what we need to. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my personal perspective on it. Okay. Well, collector's dream says some people just love to gamble cards, lottery, sports betting, et cetera, not me, but it is their money. Yeah. I, I think that that makes sense to me. Uh, there was a bit of a discussion here. Uh, Derek Galloway says, uh, those people should go to jail straight up. He's talking about people who, uh, to this comment, switch out cards on a stream uh, should go to jail straight up. I don't know about that. I mean, listen, th- some some sort of consequences are in order, but going to jail for stealing a sports card is that is that is that really you know fair and equitable punishment? I, I don't know. Jail's a jail's a pretty extreme. But these are passionate people uh, watching right now uh, talking about margins. Derek Galloway says, "I'm not hating on whatnot sellers, but how much do you have to make?" and My response to that is going to be a very pragmatic response, which is as much as they can sell it for that. That's how much because we're we we are living in a capitalistic society and the price will be set uh, by by the supply and demand curves. And so that's really if people are willing to pay it, uh, people are going to charge it. And that's just that's just natural the the way the world works uh, for better or for worse. So kind of. You know, get used to it. Michael Ham will be at the National and will be giving me a big hug for sure. Look forward to seeing you again, Mr. Michael Ham. Okay, uh, let's do this question here. Nikola Tesla says, why should I go to whatnot? Why not eBay? Um, so give you an opportunity here, Eric. I mean, and listen, I was going to first look at this comment and say, I mean, Nikola Tesla, Eric's been talking about what they're doing and whatnot that sets them apart for uh, going on an hour and a half now. What more would you like to hear? I'm not sure, but I want to give Eric the opportunity to 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 answer this question just as it as it sits. Yeah, um, let me let me jump back in time and hopefully I can weave some some stuff in that I haven't already covered for one, for Nikola. Yeah, do so. But I'm before you do. I want to. I forgot about this one from the professor from about 20 minutes ago. He also said, "Is there a competitive advantage for a seller?" as far as fees on whatnot versus their competitor. So if you want, Eric, take this opportunity to answer both the question from the seller side and from the buyer side. Sure. Um, so I, I think 
you know, I mentioned uh, Whatnot was started in 2019. Um, we kind of formally launched our sports card category uh, in October 2020, around then. Um, you're talking about nearly peak pandemic. Uh, there was a massive amount of interest uh, in cards, whether it was Pokemon cards or sports cards and collectibles more widely. And I think a lot of that was uh, the nostalgia factor. Like people returned maybe to their childhood homes. They, they were bored. They went into their attic. They found their binder. Hopefully I didn't find mine. My mom threw it away, uh, but that's another story. Um, and uh, I think, you know, we had this opportunity to ensure that when people refound the hobby, if you will, they had a great experience. Um, and I think a lot of that is again, trying to replicate that experience of being at a card show and talking to a dealer and looking in a showcase um, or walking into your LCS and talking to them about what's new and what just came in and what did they just buy. And so uh, I think personally, like it's pretty tough to beat that. Uh, and when you look at how we've all transacted, uh, I grew up you know, buying and selling on eBay. Um, it is so different to that. It feels like another world. And I think I saw that personally in my experience uh, when I worked in and around retail and I loved it. And I think that what we're doing where you can log on um, and you know whatnot is uh, in international markets, 24 seven, 365, uh, there are sports cards of every sport you could imagine being streamed. And so uh, I think that that's a different experience than just going on to a, a static marketplace and searching for something you're interested in. And so for sellers, to your question, um, that presents a really unique value prop where you build your brand. And so Jeremy, you see this, you have a bunch of regulars in your show, which is, it's awesome to see. And they come back to watch you and to engage and to, uh, and so on. And so similarly for sellers, they have that opportunity uh, you know, to build that affinity or for buyers to build that affinity for them to create, a, you know, a premium experience uh, or curate an amazing selection of products um, and to get to know the people that are buying from them. And I think that that's unmatched in any other marketplace. Um, on, uh, in terms of fees, um, you know, it's a, a pretty consistent discussion and what we hear from the community. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, we try to keep things as competitive as possible. Our fees are competitive to other marketplaces. Uh, and I think when you look at all of the benefits that Whatnot provides, everything from uh, generating, you know, all the shipping labels for you to fraud protection and chargeback protection and dealing with all of the customer service and all of, you know, a lot of the stuff that we mentioned and the product, of course, um, it's well worth it. Uh, I look at it more like paying for those services than just fees that are coming out um, of, you know, your return. And you mentioned a lot of this, right? Like we're bringing demand into the platform. You uh, maybe streamed however many times you did and you saw new people every single day, right? And that's thanks to uh, a lot of the effort that we're doing, that our partners are doing, that the influencers that we partner with are doing. And so, um, I think, you know, for, for the seller, that becomes very attractive. Uh, and then for a buyer, you know, you have, as I mentioned, uh, a very unique lens on the products that you're purchasing and the ability to discover things that maybe you didn't know you were going to be excited about. Um, I found Pyrex, vintage Pyrex on whatnot, something I never knew I would be interested in.
All right. Well, there, there you have it. Answered uh, both sides of the question. Ryan Cook joined the show. Good evening, Ryan Cook. Pullwax says, Whatnot has really helped my business and it is a two-way street. Just want to shem, that's you, Eric. Just want to, that you know that. But for everybody else, just want to shem to explain how much they do for us and how important it is that we do for them. So that's really nice, Pullwax. And yes, yes, you can hug me. You can hug me for sure. We can have a hug. Collector's Dream says, eventually there will be regulation, especially if the scammers continue to scam. Well, in that case, uh, it's coming down the pipeline one way or another because uh, scammers are going to continue to scam. I think that's a foregone conclusion in, in not, not just our hobby, but in the world. And Untied Hawaii enters the chat and says, love the hobby. Very nice, Untied Hawaii. Welcome to the show. Pullwax says, the fee doesn't matter. It's all about the profit. It's about new buyers, technology, marketing. And if you sell a lot, your reputation. Uh, speaking about going to jail, Derek Gallery says, they should go to jail. I see people pay $1,400 for a team spot. Uh, that's like them taking their money. The one rare card might be all they get for that money. Well, if you're not shipping, you're 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 violating the the whatnot policy, and you're not going to last long on there. But you need to reach out to whatnot and let them know that a seller didn't ship. Uh, Eric, something to jump in with? Yeah, I wanted to just comment. I I don't think I addressed this piece, which I think is a really important one, which is um, when these things happen, uh, and you know these experiences happen whether it's you directly that's impacted or it's something that you see on the platform please like report it to us uh when you see something say something uh and that's critical right we have in-app reporting uh if someone makes a comment that they shouldn't be uh if someone does something that they should not be doing or is against our policy anyone can google whatnot policy uh, and you'll see it will come up or whatnot community guidelines uh, that being reported to us allows us to directly address it head on It mentioned a lot of the investment that we're making uh, into our product to make it a safer place and be proactive which we are uh, but we're also dependent on the community for these reports and so uh, if you hear this stuff or if you see it support at whatnot.com if you use the app uh, you can report directly from the app it's three taps uh, we review every single one of those reports um, and that's critical to to us and we of course appreciate the time and effort that people spend but i, I don't think i've uh, addressed that yet so wanted to just put it out there based off some of the comments great great Baseball card curmudgeon, what is up with you? Good to see you as always. Phoenix80 says, I've only been using eBay for a few months and I've already seen how shady they are. Uh, it's pathetic. I can see why a lot of people are going to whatnot. It's like eBay with Amazon's customer service. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, that, that, that's kind of a, a lot, lot, some serious accusations there that saying eBay, how shady. I don't know if you mean Phoenix means eBay, the company or sellers on there. Uh, you know, any large marketplace, you're going to have issues. No no doubt about that. So be careful. Try and vet the best you can and uh, look at feedback and look at reputation. I believe I used the word, I, I believe uh, Polax's comment here, he clarifies, he didn't mean reputation. He meant your rep, like your whatnot rep. Uh, and then and then, and then the, the chat goes crazy, shouting out uh, Moth, who I know as well. Polax is probably the most important value that you can get. Shout out to my rep, Moth. Uh, Moff is the goat for sure. Moff equals goat. Moff my goat. Lots of moff. <laughs> Lots of love for moff. Uh, I'm going to go to 
Corey's comment here. It's been pretty amazing to see them scale. I used to set up next to them at shows when they still had the black <laughs> W logo and Josh, Moff, and Binder couldn't figure out how to set up a branded flag. So I'm sure they can do that now. Definitely. Jacob Thiessen says, what is the best way to get started to become a seller on whatnot, Eric? Can you direct him to something for that? Yeah, of course. Um, I I can't get out of this with without shouting out the team. Um, and then I'll, I'll get to the question. Uh, but you have a lot of people shouting out Moff. Uh, you saw a lot of Binder. You saw a lot of Josh. Those guys are also here. Uh, they're not shouting themselves out. It's not their style, but uh, you know, a lot of why we're here is because of the team. Um, and that's because uh, they're members of this community uh, of the hobby. They care about it. They want to see it grow. They want to see people have a positive experience. They want to bring new people in and they want to do fun stuff. Um, and so uh, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, and so it's a big, it's a big shout out. And uh, we, we're, I feel that we're all super fortunate uh, that we get to work in the hobby uh, and what we get to do is fun. So yeah, that's, that's my quick, quick rant um, on becoming a seller. Uh, so Jacob, just uh, jump into the app. Uh, you'll see an option to apply to become a seller. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, a series of questions that you'll get asked uh, that form your application uh, links to your eBay, your social media, your selling history, uh, access to products, so on and so forth. Uh, the team will will vet that. Uh, you'll attend a session where uh, we'll train you on you know our guidelines, our rules, how to use the app, so on and so forth. Uh, and then we have a whole bunch of self-serve material. So everyone's interested in different things. Uh, Jeremy's setup uh, here is quite complex and nice and a great experience. And so if that's what you're into, uh, we have guides and self-service material on how to use OBS on whatnot. And so uh, we offer a lot um, and really digging in and uh, and tuning in and seeing what people are doing and how they're using the app and how they're engaging um, and putting together fun shows, I think are are all great paths to get here. Um, and you have a lot of folks like uh, Polax who's in here who um, have iterated and evolved their presence on the platform over time and tried new things. And so definitely recommend tuning into some shows and seeing what people are up to. Right on. Okay, good. Uh, Corey says the scaling is simply impressive to watch. And yeah, that's really, really I've been watching it myself. It really has been. JMF Collectible says sports cards or not. Theft is theft. If a card is dipped, from the breaker, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's uh, theft is theft. Yeah, sports cards are not. Uh, can't can't argue with that comment at all. I don't think, uh, I don't know what prompted this comment, JMF, but I don't, I, I'm certain no one on the screen has, has uh, said otherwise for that. But uh, welcome to the show and thank you for the comment. And Sarah Hoberman says, vintage Pyrex. What's up with that? Uh, is Sarah Hoberman someone that you know, Eric? No comment. <laughs> um, I'm probably getting called out for my vintage Pyrex or vintage tees or whatever it is, but I think what's, what's relevant, uh, about this is that, you know, I mentioned earlier, we're in, uh, hundred plus categories. It's pro probably honestly more than not everything from international snacks to sports cards, to comic books, you name it. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I mentioned that ability to tune in and engage with people and learn from them. And so when you tap into these communities, it's quite fun. What you find is like very similar to sports card and the hobby. There are people that are passionate about all different types of things. And so vintage Pyrex is a fun example because it, it seems out there to me, right. But people are passionate about it. And so 
when you work here, you end up digging into all these different categories and engaging and accumulating stuff. And you can see I have a fair amount of stuff on this shelf, uh, a lot of it, which I bought on whatnot. Right on, right on. Aiden C says the whatnot sports team is so good. Phoenix 80, I'm not going to give specific instances. All you need to do is run a few issues by simple run into a few issues by using eBay. And you'll see what I mean by shady when you deal with the customer service. Okay, well, this is a well, we'll focus on whatnot mostly. We don't need to be uh, attacking any other uh, platforms here tonight. There's lots of places that we can be doing that, I'm sure. Pullwax says, mark my words, the sneaker clothing category will be bigger than sports cards. Watch me work, to which Untied Hawaii seems to be agreeing with. And Pullwax says, Jeremy Lee, how do I get on this show? Well, to get on this show tonight right now with Eric and myself, you, you probably don't Pullwax. Uh, this is the Eric show tonight, but I do appreciate uh, your interest. And um, if you want to be a guest on your own episode of Sports Cards Live, we can definitely, definitely chat about that. Uh, be happy to to talk to you and uh, and make that happen at some point. And yeah, oh, I see. Not future shows, not tonight. Yeah, reach out to me. Let's we can uh, we can. I don't. Let's chat, Polwax. Let's chat. No problem whatsoever. Um, Eric, uh, I wanted to just touch on one other thing that you guys have done from a marketing perspective, which is giving. And I believe I understand it properly. You can let me know. Giving money to influencers to spend at card shows and creating content around it. Can you speak to that uh, that initiative? And and um, give me some money. I'll go spend it at the national this year. Just kidding. Um, yeah, of course, ha happy to. Um, <laughs> you know, we we work with a bunch of people in the community, and so that can be sellers we partner with. Uh, you know, I chat with all the time, Mikey, um, and, and other folks that have come up earlier in the show and many more. Uh, I mentioned a lot about our team and what our partnerships team uh, actually works on a day-to-day -day basis. And so uh, some of the folks we partner with are influencers or YouTubers or names that uh, are known in the hobby, whether that's uh, a card collector too, Ryan, uh, Pac-Man, another Ryan, uh, Mojo, uh, and so on. And so uh, we work with uh, a bunch of people in different capacities. And, and what you're alluding to or referring to is uh, some marketing campaigns that we've done where uh, we thought it would be fun uh, for folks to go around and spend at shows um, and make content about it and uh, sell some of that product on whatnot. And so, you know, as a brand uh, and as uh, our marketing function, we're trying to create uh, these fun opportunities. Uh, one, for some of our partners to do things that maybe they wanted to do and haven't been able to. Um, and then two, things that are going to be engaging and fun and exciting for our community, whether that's tapping into those YouTube videos and watching that content um, or seeing the tail end of it, right? And so, seeing uh, that YouTuber buy the product at the show uh, and then selling it on whatnot so that you can engage with them and ask about it and potentially get a piece of it, right? Um, and so we try new things uh, similar to uh, any brand. Um, you know, we we put ourselves out there um, and we've definitely done some stuff where uh, we potentially questioned it afterwards or said, hey, was that the right thing or did it work or otherwise? And so um, similar to what I mentioned earlier, uh, we're always trying to improve 
uh, we do try new things. And, um, you know, uh, I think that we, we try to unlock uh, some of these opportunities for folks. And at times, uh, maybe we've done things where we've looked back later and said, hey, let's, let's maybe not do that again. Yeah, fair. Very, very fair. Uh, all right. Phoenix says, what not giving certain influencers money to spend is part of why I stay away from whatnot. But hey, advertisement is advertisement. But you're not staying away tonight, Phoenix. You are tuning in for a very special whatnot episode. So I wonder how much you stay away. And and really, what's the big deal? How does it how does that impact you? Uh, I, I really I just I'm really curious how that impacts uh, you and why would that keep you from from there unless it's just something that you don't like, uh, which is which is fine. Say Kid says one of the best parts of that is the money going directly into the hobby and dealers. It shows whether they're on what. And I mean, that's a great point right there. Is that that money is staying in the ecosystem? It's staying in the room and it's staying within. It's staying in the secondary market, which is kind of which is pretty cool as well. So I think that's a great call out and and it it, it kind of just speaks directly against what Phoenix is saying. Like if Phoenix is truly a person who wants to see the hobby flourish and be a fun place. Um, maybe it's something to like instead of to not like for Phoenix. Maybe Phoenix just doesn't understand uh, what's really happening there. I don't know. I don't know Phoenix uh, myself. Um, Mike Petty says, now I know what what not is. What a what not is. Thanks, uh, Shem. It's Shem. It's Shem. His name is Shem Tov. Shem Tov. I like that. But yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. Phoenix says, if you personally dislike the influencer... That's fair. I mean, that's the that's the thing is that not every influencer is going to appeal to everybody and and whatnot has has been the ones that you named are among the biggest in, in the hobby and they do the best. Not only are they the biggest in terms of their platform, but they do the best job with content. Those ones you named, they do, you know, especially Ryan and, and Ryan's card collector two and uh and and uh Mojo. I mean, those two got Pac-Man, I don't really I he he's a he opens stuff. I don't really, that's mm -hmm. not my jam. So I don't really watch Pac-Man. I'm aware of him, but those first two, they do a great job with their content. If you don't like them, um, then I can understand that, but that's a personal taste thing. I think, I think that's intentional to what you're mentioning, Jeremy, which is, uh, you know, those are the folks that we try to, to work with. Right. Um, it's not just, uh, anyone, um, uh, these folks have brands and things that, uh, they stand for, they have amazing stories, um, truly like uh, working with not just the influencers, but sellers we work with, uh, you meet such an amazing group of people that have uh, their stories much more fun than than mine, what I shared earlier. Um, but it's one of the best parts of what we get to do. And so when you get to work with people like that, uh, it is very fun. It is very exciting. And I think uh, using our platform and what we're doing to help further their brands and what they're doing is something we're excited about. So Card Collector 2, like Ryan, he has his own local card shop, right? And so uh, he leverages that. He leverages his YouTube following, telling the story. He uses whatnot a couple of days a week consistently, and uh, he partners with us in different ways. And so I think that um, all of that is intentional. There's a lot of work that goes in on, on both sides that is uh, planned and uh, things that we're excited about. And hopefully, again, uh, that's one, growing the hobby and two, putting content out there for people to engage with that they can enjoy and are interested in. Yeah, no, for sure. It, 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 it's I think it's a good strategy. And I, I really liked 
say kids comment there like that's that really that really resonated with me this this one right here uh that that's a good thing for every dealer in the room especially the ones that are getting a piece of of, of that that uh marketing budget if you will when we're talking about that particular initiative but yeah that that really uh that really makes a lot of sense to me that's good insight there by uh say kid um okay pull wax says card collector 2 was a great addition for whatnot and I mean, yeah, Ryan's got a humongous, an absolutely humongous following. And and I, I just want to mention, we've got, you know, for everybody watching this, you know, whatnot and myself, we have done some things in the past from a partnership level or perspective, but nothing right now. This is not a, this is not a, a paid appearance or anything like that. This is simply an episode with Eric Shemtov from whatnot. And uh, just want to make sure that's clear for everybody. Um, okay, well, listen, I think we've got the only thing left on my notes, Eric, that we haven't touched on yet is future plans. Anything else about the future that you can tell us? Maybe, you know, your the team is likely gearing up for the national right now. Uh, how do you see the second half of the year post-national? And what, what, if anything, can we expect from whatnot? Yeah, of course. You you promised to ask me what keeps me up at night, so I won't, won't let you off the hook on that one. But we can come around to it. Um, it's a lot of things. Uh, so <laughs> ar- around what's what's coming, um, we alluded to some of this a little bit earlier. Uh, there was a comment asking about vintage. Um, so I think when we look at the sports cards business on whatnot, we're always looking for hey, where do we not have supply and where where is there demand or things that people are interested in that we don't yet have or we don't have enough of and so that can be uh, wrestling cards that can be ufc cards that can be uh, vintage baseball or basketball or otherwise and so you we talked a little bit about uh, our in, the intention that we put behind helping to build those categories and homes for those communities on whatnot a bit earlier but that's something that uh, I continue to be excited about because there's so many pockets uh, of the hobby. Again, you see that when you go to shows and you look inside of different showcases. And so that's something I'm personally excited about. Uh, another one for us, it's a little bit adjacent, but you'll see your our, our first handful of sports equipment categories on whatnot. Um, why is that relevant? Well, sports is the core uh, of the hobby. And so uh, or we're actively launching our fishing equipment category, our golf equipment category, uh, which there are collectibles, of course, in both of those. And so uh, excited about those things. Um, I'm going to round off a, a few more. Um, our, uh, what we are known for is our live shopping and our live streams. Um, where Whatnot started uh, prior to that July 2020 uh, live stream that Grant ran that I referred to earlier was actually as a static marketplace, um, more similar to something like a StockX, if you will. Um, And uh, we're actively investing in that because we know that, hey, there's a lot of supply out there that's sitting in closets of people that maybe don't want to go live, or maybe they don't have enough product to run an hour-long show, right? And so giving them a platform on whatnot where they can sell that product and giving them that option. I'm super excited about it. Some of the folks chiming in earlier, uh, I know are as well, because we've had a bunch of conversations. Um, And that includes our uh, recently launched uh, weekly auctions product. Um, So if you jump into the app today, you hit the marketplace tab, 
you'll see uh, an option to transact via uh, our weekly auctions. Um, so there's uh, dozens, I'll just say that, of listings right now, um, some of them ending fairly soon. Uh, and so again, another format for people to engage with another medium for which sellers can sell product uh, that's exciting, that's fun, that's socially engaging and different to what's being done uh, elsewhere and, and on other platforms. Um, and then I think, you know, the last piece of that is that's actually being built uh, by a product and engineering team. So those features are being built by a product and engineering team that I mentioned earlier is dedicated to our trading cards business. And so there's a lot of other stuff cooking up that we're super excited about. Uh, we launched uh, integrated grading with PSA, which uh, we're the only platform that does that in the way that we do uh, earlier this year. Um, and there's there's a lot more coming uh, that I think will will benefit the community on both sides, both for, for our buyers and for our sellers. So I could keep going on, um, but those are, are a handful I'm excited about. All right. Before you list off the things that keep you up at night, a couple of comments. Pullwax says, I just want everyone to know Whatnot is just getting started. The bigger the hobby gets, the better it is. The categories are only going to grow immensely and we are just getting started. Sounds like a real uh, devoted partner uh, of Whatnot right there. Pullwax. Show Your Slab says, I'm still trying to figure out what highlighting 2023 means for the national. <laughs> Hope it's not political. I think I know what I think. Can I say, I think I know what it means. I mean, I, I'm, I mentioned earlier, everyone's entitled to, to their opinion. So you can put it out there and then in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, here's, here's know, what I think. That. I think it's pretty, to me, it seems pretty obvious. 2023, the, it's, it's the year is 23. Michael Jordan wore number 23 and it's in Chicago this year. I have to think it's tied into Michael Jordan. That's what I think. Corey, what do you think, Corey? Does that make sense to you? Let's see what, what, what he thinks. Uh, say kids has integrated grading is huge from break to grade faster than any other way, especially cool on product release days. And especially once we get tag grading integrated with, uh, now you can actually have some transparent reproducible and, uh, and, you know, consistent grading with, uh, with, with whatnot product as well. Um, okay, Eric over back over to you. What's keeping you up tonight, except why we're not integrated with tag grading yet you know where to find me um what keeps me up at night uh well I, I mentioned a little bit earlier um one of the challenges in the business is that it's a live business and it's live content and it's 24 7 365 and so um naturally that makes it pretty hard um and that's everything from ensuring that we're at 100% uptime, ideally, of our app and of our infrastructure so that the folks that are running businesses on whatnot always have the ability to do so, right? Um, at our scale now, um, I mentioned, you know, thousands of sellers making significant income and depending on whatnot for it. And we take that really seriously, right? And so I think it's everything from that to uh, a lot of what we discussed here of ensuring that when you transact on the platform, you get what you purchased in a timely manner, um, in the condition that you expect it to be and, and as it was advertised and so on. Um, and then the internet's challenging. Uh, and so 
uh, keeping the community safe and what we're doing here is is critically important to us. And so I think that those are just a handful of things, uh, you know, things that we're focused on, uh, things that could go wrong, where we're always trying to improve uh, and, you know, design a community where policy uh, and our systems can hold people accountable, make it safe and consistent. Um, sellers can depend on us. Buyers can also depend on us and know they have a consistent experience and can find things they're excited about when they come here uh, and then have a good time doing it, right? And so I think we take all those things very seriously. Uh, at the end of the day, again, I do feel super fortunate that uh, we get to work in the hobby. We get to work with a lot of the people that are here and commenting, uh, which is super fun. And helping them grow their businesses is, is definitely the coolest part uh, about what we get to do. So yeah, just, just a couple of things. There's probably more, but that's probably good set. Well, here's something else that should keep you up at night. There's a couple of guys in the chat that are uh, thinking that you're going to be bringing 2023 Chicago deep dish pizzas to the national. Um, that's a lot of pizza for sure. For one room. All right, let's wrap this up, Eric. We're, uh, we're, in two hours um thank you for coming on appreciate it appreciate your uh you know being being uh willing to address some of these tougher issues and uh speak to the the audience and the greater hobby and uh, hopefully more people come and watch this over the next week or two as i know they will so thank you to everybody for joining in the chat uh especially people who are new if you if you're new to the sports cards live please hit that subscribe button and uh check it out uh Check, check, check us out every Saturday night here, streaming live with interactive interviews with the, the who's who in the hobby, collectors, other, influ other, other content creators, and, uh, and industry insiders as well. Eric, final comment to you, and then this episode will be over. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy, really, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, I know you had Grant on a couple of years ago, so uh, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to share the story. Uh, it's been fun, you know, getting to know you over, over the last few years. And uh, we're super excited about what we're doing. I think if I could just leave uh, everyone with a couple of things, it's, um, you know, one, which I mentioned, uh, if you see issues, please come to us, just write into support at whatnot, report it in the app. We are very focused on it. Um, to uh, tune in at the national, whether you'll be there or not, uh, find us, download the app. There will be some fun stuff going. Um, maybe Jeremy's right. Maybe he's not. We shall see soon. Um, and uh, last piece is um, buy what you like. Uh, you can find it on whatnot, uh, whether it's in the hobby or something else. I'm sure you can find it. It's a super fun and engaging experience. Uh, and if you haven't already tried it, I highly recommend you do so. Good stuff. Uh, Corey says, have you seen the hobby? That pizza would be gone in an hour. Goes on to say, great show. Appreciate the real questions. Thank you, Corey. Thank you again, Eric, for coming on. Hang tight right there. Everybody else in the chat, thanks again. Hopefully we'll see you tonight during the PWCC Hockey Show and Monday night during MC Mondays Live. If not, we'll have a great week ahead. And thank you again, everybody. This episode of Sports Cards Live is now over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.